Deerfield. Your Walmart at 1105 Boston Road has completely transformed to make shopping easier than ever. Check out their amazing in-store upgrades with improvements to areas like produce, bakery, sporting goods, fabric, and more. Plus, you'll still find low prices on groceries and other items and a full-service pharmacy for all your medication needs. All at your newly remodeled Walmart at 1105 Boston Road in Springfield. Save money, live better. Walmart. Now get the drugs, the drugs from my generation. I'll take the fall, the state, no combination. And it's a to the American Variety Network. Your only place for variety on Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, showtime. You are tuned in to the American Variety Network with your host, Alex Cardinal. American Variety Network provides American citizens with quality tropical fish shows, cooking and baking shows, talk shows, and more. Please download our app on Google Play and Apple Play called American Variety Network. Check out and like our Facebook page, American Variety Network. Now, here is Alex live. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you what you can do for your country. It's the 350th episode. Hosts Alex Cardinelli and Jeremy Stellhorn are throwing a 350th episode celebration bash. Special guests, artist Ginny McNatt, country musician Rhonda, and autism awareness advocate Tara will be here. Plus, tropical fish chat, music, fun, and more. Live on American Variety Network right now. It's the 350th episode. Woo! gentlemen, boys and girls, to a very special episode of the American Variety Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 350th episode, Summer Bash. Woo! That's right, folks. I'm very excited to be celebrating 350 episodes tonight, a milestone I never could have imagined. 
that I, as a podcaster, would reach. I am very, very excited. Now, to give back to you, my listeners, for helping me reach 350 episodes, I have put together an action-packed show featuring three wonderful guests and some awesome discussions and an awesome co-host. Here is what's planned for today's historic episode. Special guest, our first guest tonight is a talented and terrific artist, Ginny McNatt. Now, I know firsthand how good of an artist Ginny is as she drew me a beautiful picture. Our second guest tonight is a country musician, and it will be Rhonda, who has some wonderful music. And our third and final guest tonight is Tara from Cameras in Special Needs Classrooms. Now, she is an autism awareness advocate. So all three of our lovely ladies tonight have something important to share with all of our listeners. Plus, there's going to be a tropical fish chat for all my fish-keeping listeners from Aquatic Wetline as we celebrate 350th here on American Variety Network. There will be some cooking discussions, and there's also going to be fun chat that will make you laugh, we hope. And there's going to be music and much more. This is certainly going to be an awesome show, and I most certainly think you're going to enjoy our historic 350th Summer Bash. Now, I would like to thank my wonderful listeners for making 350 episodes possible. If it was not for you, I would not be doing these shows. Remember that because I certainly mean it 100%. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my show. Your listen is what keeps me motivated to do these awesome shows. To get us started tonight, I would like to introduce you guys to the wonderful man that's going to be my co-host here on the 350th episode. Now, I say wonderful because he truly is somebody that is a wonderful person. He's a very good personal friend of mine, a very good supporter and loyal listener of American Variety Network, and he also has his very own podcast called Blossom City Radio. He started the podcast after listening to my show, and I consider that to be a major compliment of mine. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our co-host for this awesome show, Jeremy Selhorn. Jeremy, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing really well, Alex. Thank you for having me on. And, yeah, technically you helped me get started in the podcasting. I started on... um, your network, as everybody probably knows, and um, I've really enjoyed doing it. I wanted to try and do some things, on, you know, try and build it on my own and kind of go from there and see if I could get, you know, it built up. So um, I thank you for all the support you've given me and having me on as a guest uh, or and also as a co-host on this one, this show, for your 350th, which is an amazing accomplishment. Um, I just want to say, you know, thank you again for everything that you've done for me in the podcasting and helping me get to be where I'm at now. It's my pleasure. I love helping other podcasters, and 
when I thought of someone who should co-host my 350, if you were the first person that came to mind, so what's your thought on that? No, I really appreciate that. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. And, um, I'm, you know, we have some great guests on tonight, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I just, you know, it's just a major thing for me, you know. And thank you for having me on and giving me a chance to shine in the spotlight. You're welcome. I have to say thank you to our to you for all of our wonderful guests tonight. We've got artist Jenny McNatt. We've got country musician Rhonda, and we've got the autism advocate Tara on the show today. Yep, they're all very wonderful ladies. Um, I'm looking forward to talking to them. All right, so let's go ahead and get this awesome 350th episode started. All right, so I would like to start today's show, Jeremy, by asking you, what are your thoughts on me celebrating 350 episodes? Well, Alex, I think 350 episodes is quite the feat. I know there for a while you were running shows like a wild man, always recording and doing something different. It's very <laughs> neat that you've been able to reach that in the short time that you have, and as young as you are, to be able to keep it up and keep it going and have the follow-through on it, that's an amazing um, accomplishment. I'm very proud of you, Alex. Thank you very much, Jeremy. That means a lot to me. And I'm actually glad that you are following in my footsteps with your very own podcast, which we'll talk about later on in the show. Now, I know you're a very loyal listener of American Variety Network. So from your personal opinion, which shows do you think are bound to be successful for American Variety Network? Well, I think the shows that you have, which have been successful through the long run, and the cooking, the WWE, and also your um, fish shows are the ones that have really been the meat and potatoes for your podcast. Those are the ones that are just kind of tried and true and have made it the course of time. You've had some other ones. I really enjoyed your man show where you and Donovan were on. Um, I'd like to see that come back. I'm excited that you guys are going to be talking America or African cichlids, I mean, and you know, I think it's going to be a great chance for everybody to learn a little and uh, see you guys get back on here because you guys have great chemistry together and Donovan does a great job as well. He's really a great guy and he's a lot of fun to listen to, you know, and when you guys add together, it makes for a great show. That's actually a great idea, Jeremy. I'm going to have to bring back that Me and Cave show, and I'll, I'll talk to Donovan and see if he can co-host a weekly or even monthly show, and you'll probably get his beautiful wife on as another co-host as well. It's a great idea, Jeremy. And you're right, my cooking shows and my fish shows happen to be one of the favorite shows that I do for American Variety Network. Both of them seem to be a really easy show for me to do, and I'm definitely going to be bringing back the WWE show because those are really, really big as well. So my next question for you, Jeremy, is what are your thoughts personally of me as a podcaster? My honest thoughts of you as a podcaster actually comes out like this. I think you're a determined young man who's learning his craft. I think that it, with your amount of determination and drive that you can form an even bigger audience and accomplish quite a few things. I think that 
with a little bit of push now and then when you're kind of down or when you're having stuff going on or you just kind of, you know, as we all get, when listens get down and it's hard to get a guest on and find the people that you want to have, you know, it gets hard. But I think, you know, as you start to build your group of different podcasters and your different things, I think that you have a really good chance of, you know, making some money at doing this and just enjoying it and having fun and making it a, you know, and just have fun with it instead of trying to, you know, over push it or figure out all the different secrets behind it. Just watch your, you know, do what you can to learn, take some broadcasting classes, and I think that you'll have an amazing future in it. That was a wonderful answer there, Jeremy. I love that answer. It's always as sincere and honest as you are. It's what I like about your answer. They're very, very sincere and honest, and I'll definitely be doing that. Now, tonight, I am really proud to celebrate 350 episodes, and it actually means a lot to me that I am here. I am here at 350 episodes. Now, I remember when I first started here on Blog Talk Radio, I had my haters and my naysayers, and they were saying to me, oh, you're not going to make it past 50 episodes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have officially made it 300 episodes past the original 50 that I wasn't even projected to make it past. So I am very thankful for that. It's one of the reasons I am proud to be having 350 is I get to celebrate. And also it's a personal destiny of mine to continue doing what I love. I love podcasting. So nothing in this world is going to stop me unless I am dead. So you can bet I'm always, always going to be podcasting, and there's nothing that's going to stop me from podcasting. So I hope all my listeners can appreciate that, and I hope that you guys will become loyal listeners of American Variety Network. All right, little fun way to start our show. Now, I think we are ready for our very first guest of the evening. We're going to continue this conversation about podcasting later on in the show. But it's time for our very first guest, and I am really pleased to welcome this lady to the show. She is a very talented artist. She draws some unbelievable pictures. Ladies and gentlemen, here is artist Ginny McNatt live on the 350th episode. Hi, this is Jeremy Stone of Lawson City Radio. I'm here with artist Jenny McNatt. How are you today, Jenny? I am wonderful. How are you? Doing pretty well myself. Um, so I've been I've found you on Facebook, um, on your Facebook page, and I've noticed that I've checked out some of your art, and I've really been intrigued by a lot of it. So how did you get into drawing? Well, uh, I can, I've been drawing since I can remember. Uh, my grandma used to babysit me when. Uh, I I guess since I was in school, and instead of sitting me in front of the TV like most kids, I guess, uh, she would hand us, me and my brother, pencils and paper and Play-Doh and that kind of thing, and uh, that was our toy. So I've been drawing and sculpting and building and that sort of thing. That was our toy. So I've been drawing ever since I can remember. Yeah, that, I was going to say, it looks like you've been doing it a while. You're 
very well skilled in it. Um, so was your grandma also artistic? Is that kind of a family trait? Uh, yes, indeed. Um, actually, on both sides, my uh, my mom's mom sewed and did crafty things. Uh, my and then my dad's mom was the one that babysat me, and she was a painter. So yes, they I had it coming from all sides. So she made sure to nurture that fire in you, and you guys were young. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, and. Where, like, if people were wanting to see the art that we were talking about, and where, where would they go to on your Facebook? It's uh, Jenny McNatt Artist is a Facebook page. So I have uh, my regular Facebook is just my regular name, but Jenny McNatt and then the word artist, and that's my, it'll, it'll have all my artwork on it. Awesome. Um, can you tell us about some of the pieces that they'll find on your page? Uh, there's a little bit of photography. That's what I actually went to um, college for. That's uh, uh, so one degree is in uh, that I went to college was for photography. But um, my passion is drawing. Uh, there was a bit of figure drawing. I do a bit of portraiture and things like that. So I'm commissioned to do portraits quite a bit. But uh, I like to do awareness drawing, like uh, drug abuse, domestic violence, uh, issues in the world. Uh, those, those, those are there. You know, you can scroll through a lot of uh, pictures that are there. Definitely. And um, tell, tell me how you got started into the actual um, the awareness drawings. Because some of those are kind of striking when you first catch them. They kind of give you a, you know, that sink in the stomach as they first come. They're very well drawn, but they make you think. How did you actually get started doing those? Um, every one of those are connected to me in some way, whether it's something that I went through or someone that I'm extremely close to went through it. And you're right, it, they are striking. I intended them to be. Um, my goal was to strike up, or have people look at them and strike up a conversation. I never intended for them to be, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, sold pieces. I don't want anyone to look at it and be like, hey, I want to buy that. Yeah. I want conversations to be started. I want people to look at them and say, wow, that happened to me, or I get it, or oh my God, that's me. And I want people to say that's real, that's life, that that stuff's really happening, and and it, that that has happened. It's amazing the conversations that I've had since those images have been put on Facebook. Um, there's conversations even on that page that I've had where people have. Um, gotten a hold of me and said, those are dark, why would you do that? And by the time I got done talking to them, they're like, oh my God, I get it. And I still have people talking to me today from the very first day that I posted those and they call me their therapist and I don't claim to be any medical professional whatsoever, <laughs> but, but it is nice to know that people have opened up 
and they've claimed that they've never talked about any of the issues before that day. And they've said that those have helped them in some way. And some of the patients have even gotten conversations started with family, or they seek therapists, or do something like that. So if any of those images have helped one person, then I've succeeded at something, and that's what I wanted to do. Honestly, they're amazingly drawn. They're very powerful. You can, like, feel the emotion just as you're sitting there looking at it. So, I mean, those are actually some of the stuff that caught my eye when I was looking through your photos, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to, or talk to you about or through your drawings is that, you know, I mean, you did such an amazing job of bringing out, like, the power, the raw emotion, the uh, factor in some of it, you know, just like, you know, it, you can almost feel like you're there when you look at some of them. So you did a very wonderful job of bringing out the actual, you know, real-world factor of it, that these are problems that we brush over and nobody wants to see, and there it is. So, I mean, Absolutely. You, you did an amazing job, a very powerful job. I recommend that everybody goes onto your Facebook page and checks them out and, you know, see how they make you feel when you see them, you know, see what com emotions and what they bring up. But actually... They're on display in London at the moment, correct? Yes, they are. Uh, the series is called Not All Wars I Thought Outside, and there is a gallery in London that has taken interest in them. And, uh, yeah, there are 16 pieces that have been accepted there. Um, and I was, I, I was excited. Um, yeah, the, yeah, pretty, pretty cool stuff. <laughs> and I, I am continuing to add to them. I don't know that I'll ever stop because, I mean, real stuff happens every day. There's something new all the time. So I, I doubt that I'll ever stop adding to that series. Yes. And you also do artwork for bands and of some of the local and famous musicians, correct? Yes. I um, am the merchandise representative and artist for a band called Soundtrap, the local band. Um, I started... Uh, to begin with, I was with Nervous Pudding, another local band, and then um, I uh, am now with, uh, like I said, Soundtrap, and I um, go to the local band scene and do a lot of work with other uh, bands uh, as well. I've done um, amplifier uh, cabinets. Uh, I just recently got commissioned to do uh, bass drum. Uh, actually, am going to do that Monday. Uh, so I've done posters, I can do CD covers, all kinds of different things. Uh, people have commissioned me to do portraits of their families, babies. I love drawing baby portraits and animals. Uh -huh. So yeah, I I, lo I just love doing what I do. I love drawing. So uh, my biggest passion is uh, the awareness stuff. That's my passion. Lots of emotion in that, so I don't, I don't do that every single day because there's a lot of emotion, no attachment to that. But the uh, portraits, I love, I love doing my portraits as well. Um, and how would they get a hold of you to get you to, you know, do a portrait for them or do a, you know, a CD cover and stuff like that? On the Facebook page, they can message me on that uh, artist Facebook page. Jenny McNabb artist Facebook page sounds good. And then. Yes. Uh, Soundtrap was just recently at Point Fest, correct? Absolutely. They did amazing. 
Yeah, um, some of the videos, they did very well. It sounded great. Can you tell yes. us a little bit about the Battle Two Point Fest and how they got there? Yeah, they uh, they they won um, all of the battles up, uh, and <laughs> the images there. Uh, the photographer uh, Jeremy Hodge Photography he did an amazing shot of Ronnie the lead singer crowd surfing. You can check that out on Facebook also. Uh, but they they do some pretty cool shows. There's another one coming up in uh, July. And I believe it's the Firebird. So mm-hmm. you can you can check out my guys there. Awesome. But yeah, they they had won the Battle Royal or the Battle of the Bands of Pops and then got to play the main stage, wasn't it? At point no, 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 they didn't. But they still got in the point fest. <laughs> no, they didn't. But. They got them. They got in a point fest. That was cool enough. Awesome! Yes, that's quite the honor right there. <laughs> yep, they got they got point fest uh, more than once. So pretty cool indeed. That's awesome. Um, and also you've had your own um, art galleries. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, me and a college uh, buddy was. Um, given the opportunity to occupy a space in Washington, Missouri on Front Street, the most amazing location in Washington, uh, facing the river. Um, and we had an art gallery there for a bit over a year. And we had some, we had a art opening every month for that year. And was, we were bringing in different artists and selling artwork and our own artwork and <clears throat> even had um, little kitty camps for kids to come in and had them do little projects and all kinds of things. And I am hoping to find a building in the Winsville area to do that again. I'm wanting to occupy a space and start doing little kitty camps and have a gallery again so I can show off people, local artists' artwork and my own again and have art openings in the area again, get the people in there and have events again. I'm hoping to do that within the next six months or year. That sounds really good. Um, Definitely would love to be able to come and see all your artwork posted up. I hope that happens soon, and when it does happen, just, you know, let me know, and we'll definitely get out. We'll take, we'll do some pictures and interviews and stuff like that, and go from there. I'd love to be able to see more of your artwork, you know, live and up in person. It'd be nice to see some of people's reactions to some of your pictures that you do have. I would love that as well. See some of the local artists um, and different people, you know, being promoted. That's definitely I would, awesome. Yeah. Um. Is there anything else you'd kind of like to add? Um, I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I just, I think we've touched on on most everything. I, I just know that I, I just really want to open an art gallery in the next six months to, to a year in the area. Um, so. If anybody knows of a space in the area, 
<laughs> you can get a hold of one of them. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, but no, no, I think I think we're good. All right, I, that was Ginny McNatt, artist. Check her out on Facebook. Also, it's Soundtrap on face the band on face, Facebook, right? Under Facebook. Absolutely. So check them out. Thank you very much, Jenny. I love having you on. Um, and thank you for being on my show. Oh, thank you for having me. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. So Jeremy had a wonderful interview with Ginny McNatt, and now it's my pleasure to meet Ginny McNatt, and I'd like to welcome her to the American Variety Network family. She's actually one of our very first artists, and she actually did a very nice sting uh, picture for me. So Ginny, welcome to American Variety Network. Well, thank you for having me. It's an incredible honor, and I'd love to have you on the show from time to time. I'd love to be there. It's a nice way for for me to show my appreciation for all the hard work that you put into all of your artwork. It's absolutely outstanding what you do. I enjoy what I do. I uh, have been doing it for quite some time, and I appreciate what you do by putting... Uh, me out there and uh, you've already done so much uh, with what I've done already. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. It's no problem at all. I like to support everyone else like I get support, so I like to return the favor to uh, other people. So what do you like best about art? Um, I enjoy um, mostly my awareness um, art pieces that I've done uh I just I, I like to help the community as much as I can with the artwork that I do. Um, I have a series that I'm most proud of uh, called uh, "Not All Wars Are Fought Inside," and it deals with uh, things like uh, drug abuse and domestic violence and hunger and things like that. And I don't ever intend on selling any of those pieces, but just to bring awareness and start conversations to help people in the community, that sort of thing. So. I just like to help people, and um, I, I have succeeded in doing so. So that that's that's what I that's what I want to do is help help the community mostly. That's awesome. I really like that about you. Maybe we can have you on uh, American Variety Network once a month. We could think about that. I I would love to do that if if I'm able. I would absolutely I would absolutely love that. Sounds great. We could probably make it happen if you're available. Wonderful, wonderful. So I know you drew me a wonderful picture of Stink. Can you explain to our listeners how you actually did that picture? Um, I just pull up an image. Um, that, uh, if somebody sends me an image that they want, I just pull it up on the uh, computer and I look at it and I just draw it from there. I just go back and forth, look at it, and draw it in pencil first. And then I prefer to work with charcoal. It's um, a square, um, a long square that's been pressed into something that you can hold in your hand rather easily. And uh, I go into the pencil that I've outlined, and I uh, draw again with the charcoal, and you're able to smudge it 
uh, either with your finger or there's a smudging tool that you can use to do the shading better. Um, and that's how I use. That's how I created that image that I'm giving you. It looks awesome. I think you did a fantastic job. I think it's one of your uh, best pictures personally. I love it. No, well, thank you. I've um, heard that from a few people. <laughs> they they really do uh, like that image as well. That's good. I guess Sting is a popular wrestler after all. <laughs> yeah, I have quite a few wrestling fans uh, uh, that I'm pretty close to. They they are uh, they're really into the wrestling scene. Uh, one of my buddies um, actually does pro wrestling, not at the uh, not at the you know WWE level, but he does do uh, pro wrestling in the area, and he he really enjoyed it, uh, and his family did. <laughs> they were they were excited to see that uh, Sting image. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's awesome. I have to say thank you very much for that picture. I was very excited when I woke up at four o'clock to see it. It was awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was fun doing it too. It was fun. It was it was fun. Now I actually have it on my YouTube channel, so if any of our listeners want to to go see that uh, wonderful picture, which I highly recommend, you can go to my YouTube channel four one three fish dude and click on my video. What a wonderful piece of art! I think it's titled, and you'll be able to see the sting picture. Thank you once again for that. Awesome uh, picture you drew me. Oh, you are so welcome. And thank you for being a guest on our 350th episode. I think this is uh, wonderful to have you on the show. Oh, well, thank you for having me, and I've, I enjoyed it. You're welcome. We'll have you on again for sure. I love your voice. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good night now. Oh, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. That was our first guest of the evening. What a wonderful artist Ginny McNatt is. Ladies and gentlemen, please check her out on Facebook, Ginny McNatt. And she drew me a wonderful sting picture. Very, very thankful. Ginny's going to have her own series here on American Variety Network coming up in August. So stay tuned for that as Ginny and I work it out and get it scheduled for some time in August. Moving along now, here are our Action Packs 350th episode. It is time for some fun. Hopefully I've got 18 years and older listeners listening in because now it's time to laugh. I've got several things that are going to make you laugh. Now, I know last weekend was the 4th of July weekend, and I know currently it's Saturday night, so I know a lot of you were either drunk or are drunk right now. So that's what our topic is going to be right now. And my brothers were at a party several months ago, and apparently somebody got extremely intoxicated, and they didn't realize how drunk they were. I'm going to let you hear it for yourself. It is pretty funny. I was running to make sure that you didn't leave with my car. I'm leaving with you, Tom. I'm leaving with you. 
Don't you? Give me my keys for a minute. No, I gotta go. No, 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 because if you're drunk, you're not gonna drive my car. I'm not drunk! What do you think? Do I look drunk? You're not drunk. I'm not drunk. Do I look drunk? <laughs> oh, that's gotta be funny. When you're drunk, you sit there and, and announce that you're not drunk. Anyway, let's go ahead and talk about alcohol, one of my favorite things to drink. And fortunately for me, I don't get to drink that often. So, Jeremy, what is your favorite alcoholic beverage? My two drinks that I really enjoy is the Patron and the uh, um, Wild Turkey American Honey, Alex. Um. Awesome. Those sound like some good drinks. i got to give those drinks a try. Now, guys, don't laugh at me, but I actually like the girly drinks. I like Mike's Hard Lemonade. I like wine coolers. I like uh, uh, Angry Orchards Hard Apple Cider. I like Coke and Vanilla Rum. And I also like Heideken beers. Now, like I said, I only drink on occasion, and usually that is once in a few months. So I don't get to drink a lot, and when I do drink, I usually get pretty drunk. Sometimes I only have a few drinks, but when I'm at parties, I do get hammered. So speaking of getting drunk, Jeremy, do you have any funny drunk stories? I really don't have a favorite drunk story. I really don't drink that often. When I do, I like a couple shots of that, and I pretty much am done. I don't know, you know, um, offhand, I really don't have a favorite drunk story. Not yet, at least. <laughs> you might in the future. But I've got one that I would like to share. This is actually one that happened recently. Well, not so recently anymore. It happened on New Year's Eve this year, and I ended up getting plastered. I started off with a whole case of Mike's Hard Lemonade, which is a mistake, a lot of sugar, and it makes you feel very, very sick the next day. I also had a Coke and rum and a couple of beers, so I was hammered. Now, that same day, I had bought some fish for my saltwater aquarium. I think it was a gold striped maroon clown, a mandarin dragonette, and a yellow tang. And uh, we decided that we were going to stay at my grandmother's house to watch the fireworks and enjoy the New Year celebration. And I got even more drunk. And then I went home at 1 a.m. in the morning and I had to do a water change and get the fish ready for their new home. So imagine a plastered guy doing a water change. Water went everywhere. There was water all over the floor. And I am not kidding you. My mother was pissed at me because I was doing a water change A early in the morning and also got water all over the floor and uh, my brother had to help me out. But uh, luckily, I was able to acclimate the fish properly and get it done in time. So not really a funny story, not funny ha-ha, but a funny story nonetheless. I haven't had anything else happen to me when I was drunk. Um, there are uh, some other people that I have seen funny 
Uh, I've seen my grandfather fall when he was drunk. He fell in my bathroom and hit his head on the tub. And, of course, I've seen people at bars and stuff, but that is my personal funny drunk story. Ladies and gentlemen, feel free to share your funny drunk stories on my Facebook page, American Variety Network, or my fan group, American Variety Network Fan Group. All right, now it is time for some funny ha-ha. It is time to laugh right now. I've got some several audio clips that I think you're going to enjoy. This next clip is fake. Ladies and gentlemen, don't think it is real. And I'm saying it because it's really funny, but it is fake. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. I think that is funny. I've got several more funny audio clips for you. Now, can you imagine your testicles being lit on fire? Well, that is what exactly happened in this funny audio clip. It's funny to hear. from Baby's Day Out, one of my personal favorite scenes. Now, I am a big Batman fan, but the funniest thing from Batman is the Joker. And this quote always cracks me up. Let's see if it cracks you guys up as well. You want to know how I got these scars? My father was a drinker and a fiend. And one night, he goes off crazier than usual. Mommy gets the kitchen knife to defend herself. He doesn't like that. Not one bit. So, me watching, he takes the knife to her, laughing while he does it. He turns to me, and he says, Why so serious? He comes at me with the knife. Why so serious? Sticks the blade in my mouth. Let's put a smile on that face. And... Why so serious? That's right. Why so serious? Now, when I think of funny... Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm comes to mind. So this is very funny from Curb Your Enthusiasm. You're going to have to finish it out here. I'm sorry. Okay, why don't you go in there? Get a seat. Get a okay. seat. No, I'll see you. In there. Okay. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, what if I have like a really bad kidney thing? I'm not... Maybe you should finish it outside. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I should.
Hello. Oh, hi. Thank you for fixing Judy's hair. Oh, you're welcome. enthusiasm clip is when Leary actually gets bit and you'll find out where he gets bit in this funny clip. Oski. Hey, Oski. Come on. What's going on? What are you doing? Should I I sit? You think so, too? Biting people, Jeff. That's He's dangerous. never bitten anybody before, ever. Hey, it's not the first time with you and the dog. I know that. What uh-huh. does that mean? What happened with the dog? Tell her. Nothing happened with the dog. Well, obviously something happened because he just said it's not the first incident. What happened? He pet the dog before. Dog was in his lap. He got up. He had a boner. Why did the dog give you an erection? Okay, and why didn't you tell me about that? First of all, that's not true, okay? That's not true. I was why would he him, say that? He's because he's a moron. Because he's I'm a, making it up from thin air. What happened? I was petting the dog, and then the dog left, and I got up, and I adjusted my pants. You know, because that you had an erection? No, because I just I adjust my pants, that's all. And then Susie saw what me. What was the dog doing to you? Nothing. I was just petting it. Oh, my did? God. You see what you did now? Wait a second. Do you see what Wait you did? Wait a second. Is that why Ted Danson didn't want you to take care of his dog? Mm-hmm. Wow, that is pretty, pretty funny. Who the hell gets bit in their pecker by their dog? Now, here's our last funny audio clip, which I hope will make you, my listeners, laugh before I get you our next special guest of the evening. Thank you for calling. May I have your account number, please? Can you come out here? Yes, 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 in some foreign language. This is United States of America. I may just touch you where it is today. Um, sure. Uh, do you have your card with you? You're right. Can you please tell me the card number? If there's somebody out there that don't like the way I talk, he can come to my face and tell me about it. Okay, sir, if you want, I can transfer the call back into the queue. Will that be okay? Let me tell you, Tito Santana. You greaseball. Thank you for calling. May I have the telephone number we left the message up, starting with the area code, please? I don't know what that fellow said there in all that different type of language. Okay, sir, are you having trouble with your card? 
You're right. Okay, can I have your 16-digit card number, please? And you come out here, yes, 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 in some foreign language. This is the United States of America. I made this country where it is today. Sir, I, I am not speaking in another language. I'm speaking English. I'm my own man, and I did it over in Vietnam the way I wanted to do it. My way, the only way. Sir, are you wanting to me to clear a block on your card? You grease ball! You slime! What can I do to help you? Well, let me tell you, how does a slaughter cannon sound? I can't help you if you don't tell me what you need help with. You know, I don't have to come up here and call people names. Okay, sir, is there something you want to help with, or otherwise I'm going to release you? I get a kick out of calling people names. And you know why I can do it? Because I'm man enough to do it. Okay, sir. Gino Santana, I don't respect anybody. You're dismissed. All right, that is enough fun for our 350th episode for now. Now, before we get into our second wonderful guest here on our 350th episode, Summer Bash, I would like to ask another question to my friend Jeremy about podcasting. Now, Jeremy, what topics would you like to see me cover? Topic-wise, I wouldn't mind seeing you cover more of the fish. I like the Epistos. I like some of the ones that you've done before. I enjoy some of your salt shows. Um, I think maybe um, just kind of, you know, go with what you're going with. I've enjoyed some of the shows that you've canceled, but I think just kind of sticking with the shows that you have and pushing, you know, and making sure you have a quality show out on its scheduled time and ready to go would be just a really great thing right now. Um, 350 is a wonderful Mark, to celebrate and just keep up the good work. Thank you, my friend Jeremy. I'm definitely going to do some more fish shows for both freshwater and saltwater. And who knows, maybe one day I'll bring back some of the shows that I had to temporarily put on hold. All right, guys. Folks who love country music, get ready. It is time for our second guest interview. Here we go. Yeehaw! Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our second guest here on our 350th episode, and I have to say that I could not have found a better musician to be on our show, and I have to thank my co-host tonight, Jeremy Stellhorn, for uh, showing me to this wonderful musician. I have to say that she has the best country music that I've ever heard. And I really, really like the song Pick Me Up and the Breakup Song. Anyways, our guest tonight is country musician Rhonda. Rhonda, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm very happy to have you on the 350th. Thank you for being such a great guest. Oh, I thank you for having me. 
You're welcome. Now, when did you first start uh, singing country music? Well, I started writing my own stuff about four years ago. Uh, I went on a, a songwriter's cruise um, that left out of Galveston, and it was just a lot of fun. They were so open and welcoming, and it was like, I'm going to try to write a song. And so I went back to the room and wrote one. So it was been going ever since. Very nice. So what is it about country music that you're attracted to? Well, I was raised on country music. I was raised on Loretta Lynn, Merle Haggard, George Jones, you know, all the greats, Ray Price. Um, my dad played in a in a country band as a, a little off-time gig, you know, just to have a little bit of fun at the Honky Tonks in Mingus, Texas. So I was raised on country music. Nice, that's awesome. I actually like listening to country music while I'm enjoying a nice steak. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, who inspired you to to be a country musician? Well, like I said, I've, I've just always loved the music, but my husband, Gordon, uh, he's been the real inspiration behind actually getting to write the songs and, and do some performing now. Uh, he just really encouraged me and said, you know, baby, you can do this. Why don't you just try? And so I did. And so <laughs> there we are. It's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Encouragement is one of the biggest things that makes people succeed. Oh, absolutely. You know, and and uh, so much love for him. I wrote a song about him. It's called Working Man. He works out in the oil field. He's a compressor mechanic in the energy company, and so comes home greasy, grimy all the time. So that's going to be on the next CD whenever we get it together and, and we're able to pull it off. So <laughs> Nice. So what goes into you making country music? Like, What do you have to do to make your songs? Well, uh, and I'm really pretty fortunate with it because what I've found so far is they usually come in twos. For example, you said that you like Pick Me Up. Well, Pick Me Up, I yes. wrote during halftime of Super Bowl three years ago. Um, I was walking around the house, and I was a cheerleader in high school. My husband was on the football team, and, and I was walking through the house during halftime going, Pick Me Up, Pick Me Up, because the game was boring me. And so I went back in the bedroom, and I came back out and played the song for him, and he was like, What? <laughs> so it was, uh, I was very fortunate that that one just came to me, and it's a lot of fun. But that's, that's where that came from, was just, Boredom during a football game. That's awesome. Yeah, some of the Super Bowls are, are kind of boring. I know this year <laughs> was kind of boring, too. Yeah, just a little bit. And then, you know, just thinking about all the things that are going on in the world, like with that song, you know, it talks about, you know, how there's, there's, there's bombing and killing and just hatefulness in this world. And, and on a Friday night when you've been in it all week long, all you really want to do is just relax and, and so that's what it was kind of about. Don't don't play me anything about crying or heartache right now. Just, just let's get one through that is good and, and upbeat and that I can relax to. Very, very nice. So do you have any uh, upcoming albums about to be released? I don't right now, but we have a few new songs that uh working on that we want to get on to a CD, you know. It's just one of those things, my full-time job, uh to kind of gets in the way of my part-time pleasure. So, 
<laughs> gotta gotta get the funding together in order to to get the next one out there. But we've already I've already got about six songs ready, so it's just a matter of the financing and the time. Very nice. So, do you actually perform live from time to time? From time to time, um, I'm primarily. Uh, I primarily do benefits. I did a benefit this weekend for a fellow musician who had been in a bad car accident. A bunch of other musicians got together, and, and we tried to raise a little money for him. Uh, I play open mics here and there. I've been pretty restricted on how far I can go right now or um, being able to have time with the band so or with a band. But once a month, I get to play in my hometown. We do a little thing at the community center. And like I said, I'll go down to the stockyards every now and then and do some open mics. But that's just, right now, we're just kind of restricted. <laughs> the job is keeping us busy. That's very true. Now, one of my uh, favorite steak restaurants up here in uh, Springfield, Mass, plays a lot of uh, country music. Maybe I'll have them play some of your songs. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love it. I love it. I, I, that's one reason why we do it is, you know, uh, it's not free. You know, we pretty much, uh, you know, put a lot of money into the CD to get it out there because we wanted the songs to be heard. We wanted to make people happy or to make them think about something, you know. And like I said, it's it's been such a blessing to be able to get to write and play and get to share that. I mean, it's 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 a blessing and a privilege. And thank you so much for, for playing it and giving me that opportunity to share it with the folks out there. Oh, no problem. I like to uh, support other people, and I like to put the word out there and give you guys the spotlight. I think all of our listeners out there love your music. I, I for sure, and Jeremy, love your music. It's great. Oh, I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. It's out there on iTunes and CD Baby and uh you can get it on Amazon, uh, Google Play. It's all over out there. So if they want to download it, they sure can. <laughs> Sounds great. Now, I know earlier you told us about the song, Pick Me Up, but how did the song, uh-huh. the breakup song, come about? Well, uh, I went through a divorce a few years back. And, you know, sometimes you just have a relationship. But divorce is a little bit worse because you've been together for quite a while and there's a lot more to lose. But, you know, I had dated a couple of times um, before my, my husband now and I got married. And sometimes you just you just say, well, you know what, I know this isn't going to work out. <laughs> uh, I really don't want to be your friend. Let's just cut ties and move on down the road. And so I was kind of sitting around the house one day. And, and a lot of the songs, it's kind of funny, will come to me when I'm, I'll be doing dishes or sitting behind the computer trying to get some work done or whatever it may be. And I was like, oh, you know, sometimes in life you just don't get it right. And so that's how that song came about. I wrote it in about 20 minutes. And, yeah, like I said, it was very fortunate to be able to do that. And it's and it's a fun song, too. It's one of those dancing songs. Oh, very nice. That's actually my favorite song that you sung. Oh, it's a breakup song. I'm so glad you enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I really liked it. And it's a lot of fun to play, too. Especially after people hear it a couple times and they want to sing along. Nice. How did the song The Mirror come about? The Mirror is a story about life. Uh, one day I was looking at a picture from whenever I was little, and, and I've got this big smile on my face and these little pigtails and dimples and curls in my hair. And and I was like, wow, that little innocent thing. 
you know. And I started thinking back to, because like I said, I didn't start writing until um, about four years ago when my husband and I, when my husband took me on the cruise and we, we started doing that. But uh, I just started thinking back, you know, that little innocent child, she didn't know what was going to happen to her in her life, and she was able to get through it. And then now here she is happy and and uh, and be able to look in the mirror again and see that reflection, that little girl, that smile, the light in my eyes. It wasn't there for a long time. And I think a lot of people have gone through that kind of thing, whether they're male or female. And I have a lot of, of guys that actually really appreciate and like that song. Uh, so, yeah, it, that's another one of those that just, even now when I try to sing it or if I listen to it, uh, it makes me tear up a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. So my last question for you before we play your three wonderful songs is, what would your message be to anyone out there that wants to become a country musician? Oh, my goodness, go for it. I tell you what, though, it's a lot of hard work, and I'm by no means even even close to where a lot of the other people in our community are as far as the number of times that they play or or how much practice they put in just simply because, you know, you have to make a living other than that. But, I mean, go for it. I mean, if it's just an open mic here and there, and if it's just picking up your guitar and sitting down in front of the computer and watching a couple of three-chord songs on YouTube on and how to play them, you'll, you would be so amazed what three chords can get you. And learn something that, that you want to enjoy playing don't worry about learning all the hard stuff straight out. Just just go for it. Learn a couple of those easy songs that you can sit down in the living room and play for your friends around the camp or something that you can enjoy. Before you know it, you find yourself humming your own tune and getting, you know, these ideas in your head where you have to pull over on the side of the road and grab a receipt or a napkin and write down the song real fast before it leaves you. You know, I never thought I'd do anything like that. And then, and then it just happens. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm by no means... A, um, being able to get out there and perform all the time or anything like that, but I was able to put one together what I have right now, and we look forward to doing more in the future. But, yeah, absolutely, go for it, even if it's just those open mics. That sounds great, some great advice. I'd like to thank you for being our wonderful position guest tonight in our 350th. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What, that was just such a wonderful honor. I really do appreciate it. Now, before you go, could you give us all a yee-haw? Yee-haw! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. So we're going to go ahead and uh, play three of your songs, and I think all of our listeners are going to enjoy your music. We're going to play the breakup song, Pick Me Up in the Mirror. Thank you so much for being our guest on this 350th episode. Yee-haw! Uh-huh, all right. <laughs> Have a good night now. Oh, you too. Thanks. Okay. Sometimes in life, you don't get it right. Have to know when to let go.
You take the MasterCard, I'll keep the Visa. You take the Chevrolet, and I'll keep that old Ford. When it comes down to the end, let's not try to just be friends. Cut our love and move on down the road. We've been together for a while now. And it's time to reevaluate.
a thousand gallon aquarium with the school of fox faces. We'll separate them between the fox face lol, the one spot fox faces, the magnificent fox faces, and the bicolor fox faces. It has some triggers, definitely the Picasso trigger, which is my favorite, pink tail trigger, Niger trigger. I'd also have a dog faced puffer. I'd also have um, a porcupine puffer. I'd have uh, some groupers. I'd have some um, cat sharks. I'd also have some saltwater stingrays and other large saltwater aggressive fish. So, Jeremy, what would be your dream fish tank? My dream aquarium could be a lot of different things. I would love a, a pisto and a ram one. I want some angel tank. I want discus. I wouldn't mind maybe later on in life doing a salt with coral and some anemones or something. So, you know, I mean, I have a whole list. I'm kind of new to the hobby, and I haven't kept a whole lot of fish. Right now I'm loving my community tank. I have the 110 that's planted or starting to be planted, and... Um, puffers, I really like the dwarf puffers. I wouldn't mind doing that again. We had a loss of them, so it would be nice to actually, you know, try that again and, you know, get everything going up again. I know my son really loved the dwarf puffers. So I have a lot of dream tanks. I could talk about fish, you know, pretty much all night long, as you probably know. Um, that's one of my favorite hobbies. Um, I wouldn't mind actually seeing if I could set up, you know, one with a bladder ward and mix two of my hobbies, a carnivorous plant and also the aquarium. I haven't seen anybody try that. I wouldn't mind doing one of the um, water bladder warts that flower, just kind of, you know, to see how that works out later on. Um, but, no, I have a whole lot of different things that I could add, you know, to the dream fish tank. An Oscar tank would be neat. They're supposed to be really fun. Severums would be kind of neat. Um the tangs, the yellow and blue and clownfish and different stuff like that on the salt side. Um, some of the corals are absolutely amazing. Um, Donovan's got some beautiful um, Africans. Those kind of, you know, sometimes wouldn't be something bad to try. They'd be perfect for my water and stuff like that that I have here. And So I could go on and on, you know. How about yourself, Alex? You know, what would be your dream tank? I think you might be on the verge of it, aren't you, buddy? All right, so I'm sorry to hear about your uh, dwarf puffers passing away, and I think you're going to enjoy your saltwater tank when you get one. I cannot wait to see you with a saltwater tank. And you're right, I definitely, definitely would uh, love my dream tank. And that's right, my 120-gallon aquarium right now is my dream tank. Because I've got my dream gold striped maroon, I've got a blue hippo tang, a Picasso trigger, and some fox faces. So I am currently living my dream. All right. Now, I want to discuss a fish that represents the heart and soul of the 350th episode of American Variety Network and also the soul of American Variety Network because it has the same qualities of me as a host. And those qualities are 
passion, determination, and I always fight for what's mine as a host of this podcast. And those two fish are the dog-faced puffer and the porcupine puffer. Now say what you will, but I love puffer fish, and I also would enjoy, when I pass away, turning into a puffer fish. So those would be the two fish that I would compare myself to the American Variety Network. So what is your, what are your plans in the actual um, fish hobby, Alex? I know that you got your saltwater going. Um, you actually got a couple tanks. Um, are you going for more fish, or are you wanting to set up another tank, go into different corals? Um, you have a great tank. I'd like to see you get some of the stuff that you need to kind of make it a little bit easier and kind of get it set up like a, you know, and get yourself completely set up. It's going to be a gorgeous show tank when you get it all finished. Um, and I know you're also going to kind of be getting a beagle or a puppy here shortly is your plan. So can you tell me a little about that? Great question there, Jeremy, and I'll start off by answering the Beagle puppy situation. That's right. The month of August is my birthday, and this year I'll be turning 23 years old, and I decided this year that my birthday present is going to be a Beagle puppy, and I'll be getting him on August 1st, and his name is going to be Bruno. His name currently is Joe, but I'm going to change it to Bruno. And I chose Bruno because I'm Italian, and I like the Italian name Bruno. So I can't wait to get my beagle puppy. As far as my fish room goes, I'm going to be cutting back just a little bit. I'm not leaving the hobby. I'm staying in it because I'd probably go nuts if I left the hobby. Currently, right now, in my 120-gallon aquarium, I've got my blue hippo tang, my blonde naso tang, my gold striped maroon, my three fox faces, my Picasso trigger, my uh, manila puffer, my brother's trigger, and I'm going to keep all of those fish in that tank. Now, I had another crash, not a huge one, but my scopus tang, my orange shoulder tang, and my porcupine puffer died. And I think it's because I added too many fish again too fast. Well, too many new fish too fast, but the ones I have now seem to be doing fine. So I'm going to keep my tank stocked the way it is right now, and I'm going to add another protein skimmer, a much better one, and also a UV sterilizer, get some brand new filters, upgrade my lighting system, and make this tank look stunning. Now, my 29-gallon saltwater tank is empty, so I'm going to turn that into a 29-gallon reef tank. I'm going to have a pair of Percula clownfish. I'm going to have a yellow watchman goby. I'm probably going to have a royal grama and then some fire shrimp, a uh, cleaner shrimp, and maybe an anemone and one easy coral. So that's my fish room plans. I really appreciate that question, Jeremy. What a wonderful question. And what a wonderful start to our 350th episode. I told you guys in the beginning of our show today that this 350th episode is going to be an action-packed, historic episode. And we're already an hour and a half into our show, and we still have a lot to come your way. But first, I would like to take my one and only short 
commercial break. During this commercial break, you're going to hear one song followed by two short commercials. After that, we're going to come back to an amazing main event guest and some more fun. Don't go anywhere, folks. The 350th episode celebration continues right after this. Up next, autism awareness advocate from kids, or excuse me, from cameras in special needs classrooms, Tara will be here, plus we'll talk cooking next.
calling all Android and iPhone users. The American Variety Network now has an app that you can download. On this app, you can listen to any of our over 300 episodes of the American Variety Network. You can watch American Variety Network YouTube videos and see the posts that are made on our Facebook page with the latest show news and more. To download the American Variety Network app, simply go to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store and search American Variety Network and click download. You are going to enjoy this app as you can listen to any of our podcasts on the go or watch our videos. Download our app, American Variety Network, and enjoy. Hey guys, Jeremy Soren of Boston City Radio. I invite you to check out Boston City Radio, the talk show, where I interview local guests and people of interest in businesses. Also, Boston City Music, where we have local artists that are up and coming. And Boston City Radio Jobs. And we also have Boston City Radio at YouTube. So check us out. Thank you very much. On Facebook at Boston City Radio, Boston City Radio. Music Hour and Boston City Radio Jobs on Facebook. Thanks, guys. Bye. Would you like to see my personal fish tank? Would you like to see my $120 saltwater display aquarium? Then check out my YouTube channel called 413-15 on YouTube. I do fish videos, fish updates, and the occasional fish information videos. Tropical fish keepers, check out my YouTube channel and subscribe. 413-15. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. It's the 350th episode. Host Alex Cardinelli and Jeremy Stellhorn are throwing a 350th episode celebration bash. Special guests, artist Ginny McNatt, country musician Rhonda, and autism awareness advocate Tara will be here. Plus, tropical fish chat, music, fun, and more. Live on American Variety Network right now. It's the 350th episode. Woo! Listeners, welcome back to our 350th episode, Bash. Tonight, Jeremy Stolhorn, Alice Cardinelli, which is me, and all of you are celebrating our 350th. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to mention this show will go over to our mark, and I will go into recording mode. So please make sure to re-listen and fast-forward past two hours to listen to the show. Again, this show is going to go over two hours long, and we'll go into recording, recording mode. So please make sure to re-listen here on Blog Talk Radio and fast-forward past two hours to listen to the rest of the show. We've got 
autism awareness advocate, Tara from Cameras in Special Needs Classrooms as our main event guest. And right now, me and Jeremy are going to have a fun conversation. Now, it would not be a 350th American Variety Network celebration without the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show and without cooking. So right now, we're going to talk about cooking and food. So, Jeremy, what is your favorite foods? My favorite foods include my Becky's meatloaf. Um, I love the hot wings that she makes. Um, smoked stuff from the grill, different stuff like that. Um, Alex Cardinelli's white chocolate um, pie was really good. I really enjoy that. Um, stuff like that. Tacos are always, you know, a go-to. It's kind of... Favorite foods, unfortunately, I really like Dr. Pepper, or preferably actually Mr. Pill over the Dr. Pepper, but it's a little harder to find down here, um, but those are about it, you know. How about yourself, Alex? Well, thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, the white chocolate pie recipe I gave you is one that I actually found online, and uh, it really is an awesome pie, especially for uh, someone's birthday or Thanksgiving. I think whoever likes white chocolate is going to love that pie. Now, for me, my personal favorite foods are chicken parmesan, chicken marsala, chicken franchise, pasta. I'm Italian, so you know Italians love pasta. I love cannolis. I love uh, cookies. I also uh, happen to love cheesecake. I love red velvet cake. I love a lot of food. Now, outside of Italian food, I happen to like quesadillas. I like uh, fried chicken, steak, if it's cooked nice and tender, uh, chicken tenders, a lot of food. That, that explains why I'm a huge fat guy, because I like a lot of food. Now, I'm actually a good cook, as a lot of you guys know, and I make a lot of good food. I like to think that I make the best chicken parmesan, the best chicken franchise, and some of the best desserts out there. And uh, I'm actually excited to announce that I'm starting my own small bakery business called Alex's Sweets and Treats. But I'll have more information on that in an upcoming episode of Primetime Baking, right here on American Variety Network. So that's our quick food talk for today's show. I want to switch gears now and ask Jeremy about his podcast. That's right, Jeremy has his very own podcast. It's called Blossom City Radio. So Jeremy, what was the inspiration of Blossom City Radio? Radio. That's a good question. The inspiration between Blossoms to start Blossom City Radio. Part of it was is I kind of was working with you and had some ideas that I thought would work and are a different format than kind of what you're doing. Um, I really enjoyed kind of some of the times that I've been on and 
wanted the I enjoyed the opportunity to kind of do a showcase on my area, you know, I mean, and give St. Louis some props and to give the Southern Illinois area, bring some business to town and just kind of tell the story of, you know, this area and get a chance to get out there and show off some of the artists and the bands and the different things. St. Louis has, and Southern Illinois has so much to offer and it doesn't always get highlighted. We kind of get cast as, you know, just a cornfield out in the middle of nowhere and there's really a lot of there are a lot of cornfields, but there are also a lot of amazing people and places and things to see, you know. I mean, it's a great little town, has a lot of great stuff. We have one of the best zoos in the world, from what I understand. And then, you know, the art museum and just, there's so much for such a small little area. We used to have a football team here, but we have a great baseball team in the Cardinals. And we have a wonderful hockey team and hopefully the NFL makes up for their mistake and lets us get an expansion team soon. But, you know, that's another story. So, um, so yeah, it's been just, you know, it's just a great place with a lot of different things. And I was hoping to show it off to a natural, national audience. We have so much, and it's a great place to stop, and it's right in the middle of the country for everybody to come to. So, you know, that's kind of where what it was and just, you know, I've met so many cool and wonderful people and gotten to share them with you even with some of the guests that we have today. Uh, so, you know, it just really excites me on that and, you know, it helps me get to talk about autism with, you know, like we're doing with Tara. It's given me a chance to, you know, help some of the local businesses. It's given me a chance to tell about a really great fish store and some of the neat stuff he has to offer, um, great places to camp and performers and just all kinds of different things. So the inspiration was that it's just kind of let everybody know, hey, this is St. Louis and the Southern Illinois area and there's a lot to offer. Why don't you check it out? So, you know, and I got my start with you. It was fun. I enjoyed doing that. And me and you always have bounced off ideas and different guest options and different stuff like that as we talked. And I really enjoyed producing it. Um, it's sometimes a little busy and gets a little bit hard to record. I've been kind of ill lately, which has kind of pushed this show back a little bit. And I've also kind of pushed my recordings back. Um, I've gotten a chance to work with the Teamster 688 with them being, you know, Schnooks has basically fired them and to bring in part-time labor without benefits, and they fired people who are making, you know, a fair living and working hard for it to get people who make no benefits for a company that's number 167 on the Forbes list, you know. So it's been nice that I've actually gotten to help bring some of this stuff out, and, you know, and I've been able to help people along the way, you know, with Miracles in Progress. We've helped with the golf tournament and, you know, just bring different things, you know, and meet different people. It's been just an amazing, you know, little run so far and hopefully it keeps growing and growing. So I'm really excited about everything that I've gotten to do so far and I have a lot of great guests lined up. So, you know, just looking forward to the future of it. Awesome. So, listeners, please check out Blossom City Radio on Podbean and also on Facebook. He's got a wonderful podcast. So, please check out Blossom City Radio on Podbean and on Facebook. So glad to see Jeremy with his own podcast. It really is an honor. 
All right, so I know, Jeremy, you are a real good friend of mine, a good personal friend of mine. So tell people what you would say to them about me, Alex Cardinelli. <laughs> Usually I say Alex is a very passionate guy, but he's a good guy. When, you know, he has his ups and downs, but he's actually a pretty good kid. I really enjoy talking to him. We enjoy doing fish. He's a pretty good fish keeper. He likes to change it up a little bit, whereas I like to keep my fish and let them die of old age. But he's a good kid. Um, he's, you know, and really is into his podcasting, and he puts his all into it. And, you know, just an all-around good guy. If you get a chance to know Alex, you know, definitely get to do it. Thank you, Jeremy. That means a lot, and I absolutely say the same about you. You are a great person, and I'm very glad to uh, call you my friend, and hopefully my listeners will add you on Facebook. So I know that you've got a couple of questions for me, and I'm happy to answer them, and then we'll go into our main event of the evening. Now you've reached the monumental 350. What are some of your future endeavors that you plan on doing, both in and out of podcasting? That's a great question. I'll start off by answering my podcast endeavors. I definitely plan on bringing back the Man Cave after hearing you talk about it. And uh, several other people have mentioned it before, and uh, it seems to be a show that was loved and missed. So I'll be bringing that. Like I said earlier in the show, we're going to do a once-a-month art series with artist Jenny McNatt, and uh, she'll be the attraction for that show, and she'll talk about different art topics. I also plan on uh, finding some more people to do their own shows here on American Variety Network. I'm going to be focusing on more cooking and baking shows, more tropical fish shows, and I'm going to attempt to bring back my Alice Cardinelli talk show. I'm going to see how I'm going to do on that because, as you guys know, all my shows are ad-lib now, which means that I do all my shows with no scripts. But I'm sure I can pull it off. But for now, it's going to be continuing my successful shows and putting quality information on a quality podcast. I'm looking forward to crushing uh, 400 episodes, 500, up to 1,000. Cannot wait for that. Never say never, right? Now, for my personal life, I'm going to focus on raising my beagle puppies that I'm going to be getting next month. I'm also going to focus on getting my brand new car, my first car, and also I would like to uh, get a job as well. So that's just a little sneak peek of what my future endeavors can look like. Who have been your major influences in both podcasting and also just in life as general? Who has kind of made you the person that you are today? Uh, that's a tough question. I'll start with my uh, personal life. One of my uh, biggest influences would actually be my culinary art school teacher, Chef Matt West. He's actually somebody that got me into cooking and uh, taught me how to cook like a chef. I also have to say um, another good influence for me personally would be you, Jeremy Stellhorn. You have uh, given me a lot of help. Of course, my parents are uh, good influences, and I know this is going to sound kind of odd, but uh, Facebook 
has also been a uh, influence to me. A lot of the people on Facebook have uh, helped me along the way. Now, for podcast influences, I'd say you, I'd say Donovan, I would say a lot of my guests have given me some uh, good information and uh, feedback that is well-deserved. And uh, also, all of my listeners that, who listen to my show and tell me what they think of my show um, are uh, influences to me as well. Great question, man. I'm ready for your next one. Do you have any advice for podcasters who are just getting into it or just other podcasters who are kind of hoping to accomplish some of the feats that you've accomplished and just advice in general on how to get where you are today? Good question, Jeremy. Advice for new podcasters or podcasters in general. Well, first I will say stay the course. If you're getting low listeners, do not get discouraged. It may, because, it may be because you are new and uh, people don't know about podcasting, which is true, and it does happen because I've had that happen to me. But I will say, stay the course. Keep pushing out episodes. Also, try not to do scripts because people can tell that you're reading from scripts and they will instantly click off of your show. I, in the past, have done that and I've lost listeners because of that. Now I do all my shows ad-lib and people are enjoying it. I also would say that make sure you have a voice that uh, people like. You don't want to be monotone or you don't want to be coughing or causing all sorts of background noise people will leave. Also, another piece of advice I would give you is to make sure you research your guest, come up with interesting questions that people would want to ask that particular guest. Also, you need to advertise your show. You can't just air your show and expect listeners. You've you got to share it on Facebook, social media, and word of mouth, because otherwise, how are people going to find your show? And last but not least, I would say respect your listener base. Do not offend them unless you have a offensive show. You know, as we go along, we all make decisions that we kind of wonder if they were the best idea or whatnot. If you could turn back time, what would you have done differently, Alex? Uh, tough question. Well, if I could turn back time... I would definitely enter the saltwater hobby much earlier because it is not as difficult as it seems to be. It just takes more patience. If I could turn back time, I definitely would uh, have not uh, dropped out of uh, culinary school. I would have stayed and finished and uh, got my certificate. And if I turned back time, I would have started podcasting a whole lot earlier. Great question. I think that's everything I would do differently. And maybe I would uh, be a much nicer person than I was in the past. And lastly, is there anything that you'd like to tell your listeners in an American Variety Network? Yes, I would like to tell my listeners of American Variety Network that I appreciate them, I love them, and they are the reason that my show is succeeding, and they are the reason that we have our historic 350th episode of the evening. So, Jeremy, I think it is time for our main event of our 350th episode, and it is time for our special guest, our main event guest, Tara, 
from the um, cameras and special needs classrooms. She is an autism awareness advocate. So here is our final guest of the evening. Here to join us tonight to talk about autism and special needs is Tara. Now Tara is the owner at Stop Restraint and Seclusion. She's the manager at Stop Discrimination Against Special Needs and she's the president at Cameras in Special Needs Classroom. Tara, welcome to the 350th episode of American Variety Network and thank you very much for joining us. And thank you for having me. Hey, Tara, how are you? You're welcome. I'm doing good. How about you guys? Good. This is Jeremy. Um, we've had a few conversations. I'm excited that you were able to join us tonight. Thank you for being on. You're welcome. So what do you do for the special needs kids? Um, well, I I have two children with autism. I'm just finding out my daughter uh, may have mild autism. Um, my, my son has moderate autism and was diagnosed about two and a half years old. And um, he's always had special ed classrooms, so I've been a huge advocate for him. And um, he got hurt uh, um, four years ago yesterday, actually, um, by a teacher's aide. And he came off the bus sad, saying, teacher hurt me, or um, teacher mean to me. And I didn't think anything of it because sometimes he thinks I'm mean, but, you know, I'm just trying to get my point across. So... Uh, but later that day, another student in this class was, uh, who's more verbal, was saying that the teacher's aide had hit him and grabbed his arm, yanked his arm, screamed in his face. Uh, Corey was crying because he had forgotten his uh, ice cream money and uh, was just having a little meltdown. And when he cries, it's, it's loud. And I, I don't know if... Um, she may have got frustrated uh, and took it out of control. But uh, the school said that it never happened. The teachers made up the story that his bruises could have came from anywhere. Uh, I made a police report, and they took the report, but su suggested that I took it up with the school, but I had already tried that. Um, so... Uh, five days later, I started the page cameras in special needs classrooms because I had shared my story to uh, a group I have called Dealing with Autism, and uh, so many parents were also saying that their nonverbal child has been um, restrained and injured, head trauma, um, broken noses, don't know why uh, mysterious bruises, just so many, just in a smaller group. I'm like, wow, this is, this is a problem. So uh, I decided to take it to the next step and start a web, um, a web page on, on Facebook. And um, it took off. The stories were coming in. I, I would... Um, 
if I see something on the news, I would share it. Because um, a lot of times when, when stories make local news, people only locally see it. So I try to get all the stories out there um, to show that there's, there's a problem here. And uh, last year, Texas, the state of Texas, passed a bill for cameras in special needs classrooms, uh, June 2015. And it's supposed to take effect this fall. And then um, Georgia just recently also passed their bill for, for cameras in special needs classrooms. Uh, Missouri and Virginia have bills, and um, there's uh, Tennessee, Nevada, um, I, I believe Wyoming, California. Uh, there's many states that have agreed to uh, also have a bill. I'm working on Ohio as well. But um, we're making movement uh, across the country. Slowly but surely, um, we are. And um, I also am manager over at Stop Discrimination Against Special Needs. I share stories on just about any special needs out there, from the elderly to the newborns or, you know, uh, anything. And uh, we we do, we have a great team. We, we try to share um and what disabilities are, like what autism is, what Down syndrome is, you know, just to keep people aware of um, what it, what the disability is instead of quickly judging um, children with special needs. Uh, there, has, there was a study that was done, um, I believe, 2014. Um, that 70% of children with special needs or any kind of special needs in a regular or specialized classroom are being bullied. And that's a huge amount. Uh, that's a huge percentage. And um, I believe that it also needs attention. Um, so I have many different pages. Um, I'm also fighting against restraint and seclusion because many of the cases, the stories that have came in have been restraint injuries, like broken arms, finger mark bruises, scratches, um, black eyes, so much. Uh, deaths, so many deaths out there. So um, I kind of join every everything together because I believe the cameras can also help restraint and seclusion debate in schools. And um, I, I've been stressing that uh, safety and protection of the children and staff are first priority. And when children are coming home like this, it's not safe. So there's a problem, and I, I believe the most vulnerable children should uh, have that more protection. Yeah, I agree with you, Tara. My son is actually on the spectrum, too. He's got a mild version of Asperger's. But, yeah, the bullying has happened with them and the different stuff like that. We haven't had any teacher issues. We've been lucky 
with all of that, and we don't ride the bus, but definitely the cameras would be are a great asset to actually be on the stuff. I follow all your sites um, that I've found so far, and um, we've actually talked a few times, and I know kind of the struggle, and there's quite a few people facing this issue, and there's quite a few people with, you know, a couple kids or more with it actually have autism in their family. So I really yeah. want to thank you for all your work that you do put in on this. Um, thank you. You definitely have an amazing group of sites, and you keep. I share a lot of it on my page, so definitely, um, like I said, I really enjoy that. So, about what year did you say you got started? About how many years ago? Uh, four years ago, uh, May fifteenth, two thousand twelve. Yeah, I've been going strong yeah. ever since. Been going strong what's ever since. Of, what, what's your proudest accomplishment? that you've done with this? I know that you've been working hard and you've accomplished many things. What's actually the thing that you're proudest of that you've gotten, you know, accomplished done? I, I believe um, the awareness, getting the awareness out there, because uh, not only myself but many others didn't realize how, how bad this was. How, how often this this is happening, and um, building over twenty five thousand likes on the page is unbelievable. I, I I never thought it would get this far, and I'm I'm very proud that it has, and and also that bills are being made and passing. And that changes, if people are recognizing that changes are needed. Yes, definitely. And I've shared a lot, and a lot of people didn't notice how often it happened, and I didn't either. And I worked, I've worked in schools since, you know, for the last 20 years, and I didn't realize how often that this was an issue. So, you know, thank you for bringing it to my attention, and I've helped, you know, try to share some of what you're sharing. So hopefully it's making a difference. Yeah, thank you, too, because this helps spread awareness, you know. Um, and the interviews, I've, I've done so many interviews and, and uh, news reports. Um, I was on ABC News. Um, this is how awareness gets out there. This is how people are aware that this is happening. And it also helps bring voices to help your cause, you know. More people yeah. know, more people stand exactly. up. So exactly. it's definitely, you know, thank you for everything you've done. It's definitely a big thing, you know. Like I said, I didn't even notice on uh, some of the stuff that it was going on, and now it's brought more awareness to me, and now I'm able to talk about it a little bit more as well, and I can help protect my son a little bit more because I know what to look for. Yeah, the signs. Um, yeah. My my daughter's in in a regular class, and she speaks very well. But she she's shy. She doesn't speak when she needs to speak. You know, like I have to use the bathroom or you know important stuff. And uh, I I believe that one day our cameras will be in our classrooms once. Once school see what great tools they are. And it works 
all different ways. The cameras actually help the staff, protect staff, too, from, you know, stuff. Yes. And then it helps with training. So it's actually a major tool for many, many, many different ways. It's not just for something. It's not like it's out to get the teachers. It's just more protection for everybody. It's I actually don't want a wonderful the teachers tool. protected. Yeah. Because there's, I, I have many, many friends who are teachers who have been falsely accused or have gone um, come forward on abuse that they have witnessed, and they end up getting fired and let go. You know, yeah. like they they hide the school system hides this because they don't want the um, Schools hate to be in the news, yeah, because yes, everything anything bad, yeah. Having to go to court, due processes, all of that. They try to avoid anything of the kind. They would rather just get rid of the good staff. And um there's 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 been case there was a uh, one that was viral where a teacher was she kept going to the principal and the board about the uh, abuse the aides were doing on her kids, and they they were just not doing anything about it, not saying it. Their the aides were saying it wasn't happening, and um, so she took her cell phone camera and filmed it, and they ended up firing her for doing that. But oh, wow. she was able to get that video out there, and those two aides, I believe, were arrested. Yeah. Definitely not, a good you know, thing to keep the kids safe. Yeah. It's, and, and look how much it catches on buses. You know, people fought, parents fought so hard for cameras on buses, too, because a lot of bullying happens <laughs> on the bus. But there's um there are buses out there that don't have cameras inside them and um that's another thing I'm I'm fighting for to make sure, you know, there's that extra protection. Not only for the drivers and you know, and the kids but the bus itself, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's um, something that's actually started here a little bit in Illinois. Um, I'm in southern Illinois, and the buses are starting to get cameras on there as they get new buses. So that's definitely making an impact down here, too. I mean, you know, anything can happen on a bus while a bus, one person's driving a bus. So, yeah, you know, it's definitely a help. I know, like, um, a lot of the bigger companies have them in their buses. Yeah, and there's been a lot of cases uh, that, you know, caught on, on camera because of uh, or a lot of um, bullying caught on camera in the buses. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, there have been several cases here that have made the local news of it. So, yeah, definitely. I have a friend down that way that her daughter with Down syndrome uh, a couple of years ago, her um, daughter was, her. they had duct taped her shoes to her feet 
or her ankles. Uh, duct tape, like, all around her ankles and shoes. Like, her whole, both of her feet were like that. And she wow. off the, they, like, I believe it carried her on that bus like that. Because she couldn't walk like that. Uh-huh. It was crazy. That's and that was also, uh, went national news, too. It's horrible, some of the stuff that they you know, that has actually happened to these kids, uh, especially with nonverbal kids or the kids that have a hard time expressing themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just, it enrages me when I hear it, you know, because I think of the sweet nature a lot of these kids have, you know, like my son Brody really does have a little heart of gold. He, um, you know, everybody's his friend. He loves everybody. He gets excited to see everybody, you yeah. know, and, it's uh, nice you know, like, like when we found out when we found out he was being picked on, you know, it, it bothers you. But then to yeah. actually know that this was it was an adult that you know to find out that the adults who are supposed to be protecting your children do it, that's just really enraging, actually. Yeah, it's heartbreaking because you yes. trust them. Yes. With your most vulnerable, you know, they're they're vulnerable. They <laughs> need the 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 teacher, you know. Mhm. And in the schools that I've worked at, I've worked in I've worked in Missouri at um, Lindbergh School District, and I can't say that all of them have been perfect. But the schools that I've worked at, actually, the principals and the you know staff have always been really supportive. I haven't actually found any of that that I've worked there in in my years of working there. I don't work there as of now, but when I did work there. Um, I can honestly say that the staff was really good, and then the special school district in St. Louis, they usually really hired good, caring people for the most part. So I know the school that I was actually in and dealt with, and then in Redbud here, the school that worked with Brody, they've all been really good too. So as in, I haven't actually gotten to witness any of the teachers being, you know, but I have witnessed a lot of some of the children bullying, and it can be brutal. Yeah. No, we've it had to get it onto a lot of them. Yes, it's a, it's just, a serious I, problem. Thank you again. Oops, sorry. It's I just wanted to say thank you again for all you do. No, you're very welcome. And thank you too for having me on. Alex, do you have anything you want to ask? Sure. I'd like to say that I respect everything you do for the kids, Tara. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, my question for you is, what would your message be for parents who have kids that have autism or special needs? What what kind of message? Um, to stay positive. Um, is it, a lot, you know, meltdowns are hard, and if if they see you stressing, uh, they they tend to melt down even more, get harder to get out. So I always advise parents to stay positive through their meltdowns, and it will help them calmer. Um, I also uh, help my son a lot with um, therapy balls and. Um, I give massages every night to help them sleep because I believe that sleep is very important and it's, it can be difficult for children with autism. 
And um, that relaxation, the muscle relaxation at night, it, it really helps him sleep. It, it, I've been doing it for years. It works great. And uh, always... Um, Always uh, encourage your children to try new things. It's hard to try new things, and um, but just keep reminding them that it's okay and it's actually really fun. It looks, it sounds scary, but it's really fun. You know, uh, I always try to make everything happy and fun and playful, just to to help his. My son's anxiety over things. Yeah, Brody has anxiety over a lot also. Yeah, and as they grow, they it, it tends to get even more tough for them. Yeah, as he's gotten older, he's scared of the fire alarm, the dryer, and different stuff like that. So yeah, we understand the meltdowns in our house, something like that. Some things like Corey used to be afraid of, he's not afraid of anymore, but there's things that he's highly afraid of that he wasn't afraid before. Yeah. Like germs, he's a very germ phobia now. Oh, yeah. Uh, like washing his hands a lot, sanitizing a lot, and it, it's, uh, it's hard. I have to do social stories with him to help him because he doesn't always get uh, comprehend every word I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So uh, with social stories, it, it tends to help him understand a little more. It helps uh-huh. with calming. We used to and use can the text. The, can you tell people what the social stories are? There are some people listening uh, that probably don't so, know. Yeah, social stories are pictures of, um, like, uh just little like picture pecs. Um, if, if you're familiar with the peck system, um, it's uh, like picture communication system. And um, but with social story, it's on all on one paper, and the words are underneath it, telling the story and like um, like. For Corey's incidents, when to wash his hands, um, like it's okay to be dirty, uh, um, different things we we use it for. Uh, schedule changes, it helps. Uh, we used to use the pictures, we had laminated pictures with Velcro on it, which is the PEC system, P E C S. And um, that actually helped him. Talk. We he used to not talk till he was about five years old. He started popping out words that were on the picture, so we recognized that he was able to learn by picture. So we that's awesome. how we were able to get him to speak, and he speaks a lot. He just doesn't always come from hand what is being told to him, like the social yeah. part. And he also is very repetitive and um, difficult with certain words. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Yeah, social stories work great. He's a, he's in sixth grade now, so we we got rid of all the picture pecs who don't really need them anymore. Um, uh-huh. The social stories and helps the reading, helps the um, understanding, um, understanding things a little better, and I, I highly recommend it. Definitely. Um, yeah, Brody has a lot of the repetitive motion and different stuff like that. Like for a while, he, it was the light switch or, you know, just different stuff like that. So actually Brody has a lot of that in the spectrum too. And then he's got some of the flapping and stuff, especially when he gets, you know, bored or whatever. So Yeah. Corey flaps. He also has ticks, um, which uh-huh. is like um, twitching. And yep. um, he, it's mostly when he's very excited or very, very uh, high anxiety. It's, yep. you know, some type of in- excitement. And yes. um, but when he's calm, he, he's, he sits there pretty good. Yep. Birdie blinks when he's really nervous. Yep, he'll sit there and blink nonstop or grind his teeth. Um, yeah. yeah. Corey, Corey hums. And then he, and, and that's his humming, he said, helps him, uh, I think. Mm-hmm. So I just let him hum away. <laughs> yep, <thing>. exactly. <laughs> and, um, but his anxiety, he tends to suck on his lips a lot or mm-hmm. go to the bathroom like every two minutes because he feels like he's got to go, but it's his anxiety. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, he used to hit himself, but he stopped that because it was a lot of work, just a lot of redirection, you know, out, uh, you know. Yeah. You find other things to a pillow that's soft and yep. he won't get hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. And eventually he he really does good, but... um. We we've, we started getting him help really early. I think that is why Corey had progressed so much. Uh, yeah. He was 12 months old when and he would just lay there and watch the ceiling fan. He wouldn't want to crawl anywhere or walk anywhere, try anything, yep. you know, he'd just lay there. So uh, we knew um, he had some delays. And then... Uh, as time went on, he went to, they started him in speech and physical therapy and occupational therapy because um, he qualified for everything. And yeah. um, the, when he was three, the the physical therapist was like, I believe your son has autism, but I'm not a doctor, so, you know, I can't diagnose, but I, mm-hmm. you know, advise you to take him to a neurologist or child psychologist or something. So um, I'm like, oh, and the reason was because he kept resisting her touch to help mm-hmm. him walk. You know, yep. like she'd pick him up to the feet and he'd put mm-hmm. his legs out and get real stiff. Yep. So 
there was that sign. And then the flapping, too. He was three years old, and he was still flapping. and mm-hmm. Or two. I, I think it was two when they noticed the flapping. It was supposed to be gone at six months. Like, babies flap, but mm-hmm. that's one of the milestones that, that should go around six months of age. Yeah. Yeah, Brody was similar about nine months. He wasn't doing anything, and he was getting, like, a little flat spot on his head from not being rolling and doing mm-hmm. the different stuff he wanted to lay. And so we got him help with early interventions here in Illinois, and um, they worked wonders. The three ladies that came out, you know, they did speech, occupational, and regular therapy, and um, they just they did amazing stuff with him, and he does super, super well now. From where he started, you know, he wasn't able to run, skip. He was way behind, delayed on walking and stuff. And um, he doesn't have to have extra services at the moment. Um, he tested out, but he does, you know, I mean, they did so they did a great job with him. He came a long, long way in the three years. After three years, like in our early interventions, then you go through your school district. So he went, yeah. and then that there at Redwood Elementary School also did wonderful things with him, too. So we were lucky. We got great people that worked with him. Awesome. Yeah, we got real lucky, too. And and they they did wonderful. I mean, at the beginning, I'm like, I felt like he wasn't making change, but really mm-hmm. he was. It was just at his pace. So it's like yeah. patience is the key. Just be patient, yeah. positive, and he'll get there. And when he does make a big deal, you know, mm-hmm. so he keeps doing it. You know, they love that. Uh, uh, so yeah. All children love that. Mm-hmm. So and actually, um, it's early testing. And if you think something is, if you notice something wrong, talk to your doctor is a major thing. But and then when they do come in, you know, because it's your perfect little baby. You know, you know. So then when they keep telling you he's behind on this and he's behind on that, don't take it as you know. Because I kind of did in the beginning, you know. You know, they're not attacking your child. They're letting you know what, you know, what needs to be worked on. And every little bit helps because I was a little bit nervous about having somebody come in and, you know, tell me all this stuff about my child. But early interventions that I'm sure the people that work in this field are amazing people. They um they go through and they kind of tell you what um what's going on and how it, it's to help. So don't get a little bit offended as you kind of, you know, they come through and talk with you. That was my thing. Well, he's little, you know. Everybody learns it their own way. But they did do amazing things with him. Yeah, and they don't judge either. They're not judging the parents, like, you need to do this more or anything like that. They always worked with the child and always helped us, you know, help them. Mm -hmm. It, it was wonderful. It's wonderful. My my son still goes to one-on-one therapy, and mm-hmm. he gets it in school too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I advise all parents to to get that therapy. Yeah, if if you notice something's wrong or they're having trouble connecting with the other kids and stuff like that, or you know there's some kind of delay, just have your doctor look at it. Um, yeah. de- definitely get it early, you know, check it early because that, that helped us a lot with him being, getting as young as he did. He was able to go through a normal kindergarten class and, you know, basically not need any extra services. So, you know, yeah. it's definitely good to check and make, you know, kind of read up and see what's going on and 
you know, look at look at your, you know, evaluate where your kids are with the other kids, not as, you know, they need to be doing this, but just if there is a little bit of a delay, make sure to get them the help. Yes. All right, that was our third and final guest of the evening, Kara from um, Cameras in Special Needs Classrooms. She was our main event guest. All right, it's time to wrap up our 350th episode. This was an amazing show and an amazing celebration. But it's time to end our show because this was my longest show that I've ever hosted, and it was definitely a fun show. I hope you guys enjoyed today's celebration. Before I end today's show, I've got a couple of announcements about some other celebration episodes coming up. August 15th, 2016, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. August 15th is my birthday, and I'll be throwing my 23rd birthday bash live on the network. This will be a live show. It will not be recorded like my other shows, so you'll be able to call in and wish me a happy birthday at 1-347-989-8142. Also, on August 28th, Aquatic Wetline will celebrate three years. So there will be a three-year celebration on August 28th for the Aquatic Wetline. I'll figure out who will be the guest and what's going to happen in our three-year anniversary celebration for uh, Aquatic Wetline. The 400th episode is only 50 episodes away. Can you believe it? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to make sure there will be a 400th episode, and I'm going to work hard to crush our 400th episode. There may be there may even be giveaways on our 400th episode. I'm probably going to say our 400th episode is going to be late August or early September. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Jeremy Stellhorn, for being a wonderful co-host. Thank you, Jenny McNatt. Thank you, Rhonda. And thank you, Tara, for being our guest tonight. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And it's been an honor celebrating 350 episodes with you. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Good night, and God bless. Alex Cardinal and Jeremy Stellhorn would like to thank you for listening to the 350th episode of American Variety Network. Special thanks to artist Jenny McNatt, country musician Rhonda, and autism awareness advocate Tara for being our guests. It's an honor to crush 350 episodes, and we can't wait to see you for our 400th episode. Thanks for listening. And now, it's time to get to work for the 400th. Thank you for listening to America's podcast, American Variety Network. Tell your friends about American Variety Network and have them check it out. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and download our app on Google Play and Apple Play. Come on now, it's simple. Just type American Variety Network in the Play Store and hit download. You'll get to hear my shows, see posts, and more. Good night, everyone.